Hello, Spartan Nation. It's time for another episode of the Red Cedar Rundown. I am Gary with my co-host, Clark. We are the self-proclaimed number one Michigan State football and basketball podcast coming to you every week. We'll be breaking down the teams throughout the season, giving you our take and what to expect and our predictions on how everything will play out. Right now, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Alexa. If there's any other podcast platforms that you use and you prefer, please let us know and we'll get it listed immediately. Please like, subscribe, and tell your friends. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram. As I've told you before, we're trying to make this show completely interactive. So reach out to us, tweet at us. You can find us on both Twitter and Instagram at Red Cedar Rundown, and we'll get back to you and we'll try to have a candid conversation each week with all Spartan fans out there. This week's episode, we're going to be breaking down a very pivotal game coming up this weekend at Indiana. Pretty much it feels like at this point our season hangs in the balance. I know it's only the third game of the season, but this game is going to really dictate how the viewpoint of our team is going to be moving forward. Where should the expectations be? Where should we expect to be at the end of the season? That's what we're going to be finding out this week. I think that's a great point, Gary. It, it really could go up or down from from right now. Um, you know, we're coming off a bye week, which which could be a big deal. Should be should be helpful, definitely. Especially for how injured we are, right? Going into the bye week, I, I actually know during Mark D'Antonio's presser this week, he actually said that if they would have had a game this week, there would have been players uh, that wouldn't have played in it that are going to be playing in the Indiana game this week, but. You know we're we're still a very injured team. Definitely have had a uh, not the success that we may have had last season, which had you know spurred our success towards the end of the season is because we didn't have that many injuries compared to maybe other teams. But let's break down some of those injuries coming from last week. There's been some updates, but some you know Mark D'Antonio does not talk injuries, so there's been some talk, but then there's also not been any talk about exactly what we should expect some of the injury the big injuries that we've been dealing with specifically Cole Chewins which has been ongoing the last couple games still don't know his status David Beadle got injured at the end of last game also don't know his status for this game wonderful Jacob Panishuk don't know his status for this game went down at the Utah State game still don't know his status Hartbarger, we already know that situation. We're gonna have our trusty kicker, Rocky Lombardi. My God. Taking taking the kicks. Terrible. So I think the week off will be extremely beneficial and hopefully get us healthy enough to, <laughs> to compete against Indiana. The scary part is most of those injuries, or at least two of the big ones, are on the offensive line where we're already struggling, and that will be something to watch for this game. But what we're gonna do is First, we're going to take a look at Michigan State, and then we'll break it down with Indiana and take a look at their team as well. Now, the big thing that has come up the first two weeks, mostly from Clark, is the play calling. Now, when the run game isn't working, do you completely throw that out the window and throw and completely try to implement a new type of play calling, or do you stick with your identity and continue with that? Well, when you don't have any other options and it's not going to work, I definitely think you rely on a quarterback that's completing 70% of his passes on the season so far. And when you have a wide receiver core like we do, I'll take my chances with that. 
as you can hear, Clark is a little under the weather this week, so we're not going to expect the same Clark we're used to here on the Red Cedar Rundown, but we're going to get his B game at best for sure. Hands down, my B game, definitely bringing that B game. Now, I believe there was a quote from Lewerke this week that they asked him specifically about this uh, situation about the play calling if if you need to change things and he said we don't have to trash everything and throw it out the window it's just kind of like hey everything is fine we have to focus on the big 10 games they're the ones that matter to oh, us what? <laughs> he said that yeah uh, come on man i mean i know it's arizona state's not that big of a deal but if you're not worried about this after facing utah state and arizona state i would be i would be you know pooping my pants if i was worried about the big 10 i mean like michigan and penn state on the schedule next month the run game better but get its ass in gear or we're going to be in big trouble big trouble indeed i agree but you know i don't know if it's worrisome that they don't see it as a problem or if that's a good thing or not you know you like to see that they're confident that they believe that they can turn it around and have more success but it's also concerning because they don't think they have a problem it's like an alcoholic. You got to admit you have a problem first. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I, I love having a quarterback with confidence, which makes me feel good about our passing game. But, you know, that, that offensive line, they don't appear to be playing with a ton of confidence. So that doesn't instill too much into me as far as the run game goes. And I want to actually bring up something else. Uh, you mentioned the receivers. Yeah, Terry Samuel, the receivers coach, actually said that after watching some footage from the last few games, he noticed some of the receivers were not holding their blocks and that actually caused some huge issues, especially on the edges for our running game. So it's not, it's you know, we can continue to say it's the offensive line. We continue to say it's maybe LJ Scott sucking or, you know, there's a lot of things we can say, but it's, it's, it looks, sounds like it. There's, there's more problems than we even realize if you actually break down the game footage. So it'll be interesting to see how the bye week affects the team. If we clean up some of these issues that have been nagging us the first two games and you know, it, this is, like I said, going to be a very pivotal game to see what kind of team we have and, and where we should gauge our expectations for the rest of the season. And for you, Clark, what do you think the biggest factor is for us to win this game? Establishing a run game, controlling the clock. You have to control the clock against Indiana because they're a fast-paced, up-tempo offense. They like to score in a hurry. I don't want to see our defense get tired. I mean, if we're airing it out nonstop. Those are quicker drives. You have to establish a run game. Grind them out. Get them tired. Smash mouth football. Pound green pound. And that's the identity. And that's, you know, but what if the run game isn't working? Then what? Then it's going to be a shootout about who scores more points, and I'll take our defense over theirs any day of the week. But after watching the first two games, can we score? Can we even get over 30 points against Indiana? That's a great point. I'm not sure yet, but I'm I'm banking on that we will. Okay. Well, we'll get we'll get to our predictions a little bit later here in the show, but uh let's get a little uh a little bit Indian into Indiana's team this year. They're 3 and 0, best wins against Virginia, but also played Ball State and FIU. Not great opponents but ball state hung with the Notre dame for a little bit so you know that's it's not a complete rollover game but it's a rollover anyway so you know indiana's had i think it was 2015 they started three and oh and then they proceeded i think to lose like most of their big 10 games and i know that based on what i've read their coach you know has put an emphasis on winning big 10 games that is what they're trying to do so this is 
you know, a big step for their program as well. You know, there, this is a tipping point. Is it going to be the same old Indiana who comes in, starts the season hot against the non-conference and then pretty much implodes during the big 10 season. So offensively, they got Peyton Ramsey as their quarterback. He's not going to, you know, have the highlight reel rolling every time he comes onto the field. But you know, what I've seen just based on stats and what I've read is that he seems to be an accurate quarterback and he'll definitely be able to engineer scoring drives if our defense allows it. And the scary thing is, is, you know, uh, their offense is very similar to our first two opponents who we clearly struggled mightily with. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, I would say, you know, from what I've seen of their quarterback, he's not anything overly impressive. Um, I think Indiana's, you know, passing offense, from what I looked at, they were probably ninth or 10th in the Big Ten through three games and only averaging a couple hundred yards through the air. That makes me feel pretty good going into this game that they're going to have to probably beat us through the air because I feel confident enough in our run defense for them to stop uh, Indiana's rush offense. So I think it really comes down to the secondary. I mean, the defensive line has got to provide pressure. We've got to be ready with an up-tempo offense, shuffling guys in and out of there. Can't look like we did against Utah State again. Shuffling and walk-ins. What do you mean? I mean, we're that's where we're at right now. Yeah, we're down to the bare bones. Next man up. Kenny Willekes was a walk-on. Look at him now. He's all Big Ten caliber. I'm just saying we're we're a very thin team right now, especially on the defensive front. And <laughs> but you want to get watch guys get worn out. You can't just keep your starters in there the entire game. I, I, the big fellas are going to be breathing heavy. They need to get gas. They're going to get gas. They need to get out of the game. I understand. And that's why you have to establish a run game, like I was just saying. You establish a run game, gives the big fellas some breathing room on the sidelines, keeps them fresh, less rotation. That's true. Um, and I know you talked about Indiana's rushing attack uh, coming into the season. They had Morgan Ellison, who was supposed to be a star, basically supposed to be big time running back for Indiana, suspended indefinitely uh, at the beginning of the season. Now they got Stevie Scott. Stevie Scott. <laughs> uh, actually won Big Ten Freshman of the Week the last two weeks, though. Oh, wow. So he's he's not a pushover for sure and he's he's definitely a bigger back he's more of an lj scott type back so okay um he's definitely going to present some problems for us but you know the one thing you know we're second in the nation in rushing and i think we're uh, in the hundreds in passing not surprising whatsoever so, gotten torched to the air. exactly so you know it will be interesting to see if our uh rush defense continues to to play like they have been and uh continue to I think they will to stop teams and make them beat them with the throw. But the other issue is we can't stop the pass when that happens. So it's interesting. But yeah, you know Indiana's game plan is going to be. We, we it's funny we talked about it at the first uh, episode of the season with Utah State. Every team should try to replicate what Utah State did to us. Yeah, quick passes to the outside. I mean, very susceptible to the pass to the outside. No huddle offense. I would be doing that every single down. I would not huddle up. I don't think Indiana will. From the games that I remember of us playing against them in you know the past four or five years, they've always been very fast-paced, trying to get a snap off within you know ten to fifteen seconds from the last play ending. Right. So, you know, we haven't been able to do, to defend that well at all, and it will be interesting to see. Like I said, coming up the bye, can we clean things up on the defensive side of the ball, especially with with our pass defense? So. And yeah, even Justin Lane during one of his interviews this week noted that, you know, the first three teams that they're playing are extremely similar in the way that they can, you know, conduct their offenses. So can we learn our lesson after three games? And with a bye week, please. Like, this is the third game. Let's get it done. This is not a team we should lose to. This is not a program defining victory this weekend. This is show that you're still a big boy 
and it's, you know, you're still need to be respected within the conference. Because if we lose this game, oh, I don't even want to go down that dark path right now. We're not going to lose this game. We're going to win this game. It could be very dark. If we're we going to win this game. game. I'll keep saying it. We will win this game. A guarantee from Clark. Yes. Interesting. It, that's a guaranteed on my end. So looking at the defensive side of the ball for the Indiana Hoosiers. Now, I would say the last couple of years, they started to build a, a pretty strong defense. They're definitely much younger than they were previously. So although their offense may have improved, their defense has probably regressed a little bit from previous years. Like I said, very young defense. Um, lost a lot of players from last year. So IU is is uh, near the bottom of the Big Ten in sacks. That bodes well for us. But, you know, they look beatable. But, you know, then I look, think about the other games that we've had. And those defenses should have been beatable as well. And yet our offense looked mediocre at best. So who's to say that? You know, we're going to show something that we haven't seen from this offense. That's really going to be the question. Can our offensive line block? Who starts at center? Who's the starting center? He still hasn't announced one. He said that'll be decided at game time. Thanks, Mark. Makes me feel real good. If we can't run the ball against this team and yeah, we can't see an improvement on the offensive side of the ball, it's going to be worrisome and we'll probably end up losing the game because of that. We're going to win the game. I understand, Clark. We're going to win. So <laughs> let's get in uh, actually to, you know, we can go right into our prediction, actually. So the line for this game is Michigan State's favored by three and a half. It's a night game, oh, as we know. Three and a half now. Three and a half was what I saw earlier today. Wow. Um, when this, ep- er, this episode airs, it might be even lower than that. Who knows? Um, so three and a- Michigan State's favored by three and a half night game in Bloomington. What's your score prediction, Clark? Well, coming off that loss after such a great weekend that we had, and just to get, you know, kicked in the dick like we did by Arizona State at the end of that game, I was reeling, not going to lie. After we did that follow-up podcast, if you'd got me that week to give a prediction for this Indiana game, it wouldn't have been pretty. I wasn't happy. I've had time to reflect. I've come back to my senses. I think the week off has done our team good. I'm going Spartans 42, Hoosiers 24. Wow, so winning handily is what was what you think is going to happen it has to happen it will happen so uh i was going to address this more at the end of the show but i'll actually be in oktoberfest in germany while this game is happening for those of you that don't know gary did get an invite if you recall our mailbag last week we had matt f from germany right in gary will be uh, accepting an invite to go party with matt f in germany for the prestigious oktoberfest so we will have a uh, week-long hiatus from the podcast because drinking is more important to Gary than podcasting. Definitely not true, but this trip's been planned for a while, so we're just I've got to got to roll with it, and I'll be in Europe the rest of the week, so we'll not uh, be able to to sit down and break it down. But we will definitely be back after the central game um, to recap everything that's happened since. Hopefully, two victories from our next podcast. So, what are you thinking? So, Gary, for this one? <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of beating around the bush on this one because. I want to predict that Michigan State's going to win. I really do. But there's something that I, just after the first two games, I I didn't see enough improvement from game one to game two. Like I said, offensive line, the defensive line, just the same issues that we saw. Say it. So Say it. I want you to say it. My prediction for the game is going to be 31-27 Indiana. Oh my God. Yep. Benedict Gary. I just, 
there's see the grin on his face right now. There's no, I, this is, it pains me to, to pick this, but I don't even know who I'm looking at right now. I'm disgusted. It just, I, I have a gut feeling and it's not a good one. And you even look at last year's game. We were losing the game until the fourth quarter. Until we left. Until you and I left the stadium. That's when they came back and won. Yeah. But Lord, good news, neither one of us will be in Bloomington. That's true. But, you know, Lorkey had to basically save us in that game scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter to to bring us back and win the game but there's just something that's not there with this team this year and it it really concerns me and I really hope that they don't lose obviously but there's just something I got to go with my gut on this one and uh so your gut's telling you otherwise from your preseason predictions I am deviating but who who thought we're going to lose to Arizona State at the beginning of the season Indiana's not Arizona State yeah they're probably better oh my god I mean, realistically, they probably are. I mean, Arizona State lost to San Diego State last week. Did they? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. Shit. Now do you want to tell me that they're better than Indiana? I will not say that, and I'm saying we're going to win the game by 18-plus points. And I'll look forward to Gary returning from Germany so I can rub it in his face when we win the next two games handily, and we're back on track going into the Big Ten, the heart of the Big Ten schedule, bringing Northwestern to town. You can feel free to backlash at Gary on Twitter. We can be reached at Red Cedar Rundown. And you can also backlash on Instagram for his Benedict Arnold prediction. Please feel free. And they can be unedited comments. Let loose, people. Let loose. I think a part of me is making this prediction because um, I feel like it's going to be reverse jinx almost. I'm hoping that my prediction will be proven wrong. I'd rather be proven wrong than proven right, especially with this prediction. So cop out. But Obviously, Michigan State's had a down year, but not only has Michigan State had a down year, but the rest of the Big Ten is having a down year right now, especially after last week. Let me just give you a couple of the the scores that went down. BYU beat Wisconsin. Loved it. Kansas beat Rutgers. Not surprised. Temple beat Maryland. Not surprised. Maryland beat Texas, but... Texas is trash. Well, they lost to Temple, so... Kansas beat Rutgers. Yeah, not surprised. Rutgers but that's the trash. bottom of the Big Twelve beating the bottom of the Big Ten. I mean, we, when the year we went three and nine, we beat Rutgers forty nine nothing. They're trash. I'm not arguing that. South Florida beat Illinois, and Akron beat Min- Northwestern. Oh my God, Northwestern, not who we thought they were. Lost to Duke, and now North, not uh, who we Akron. thought they were. So, with that said. How does that affect the Big Ten? Uh, you know, clearly that's going to change perception on the national scale. People, especially from the SEC, you know, they they love to hate on the Big Ten. When they see those results, how do you not hate on this conference? There's one team in the conference that no matter what, nobody can hate on at this point, and that's Ohio State. They're still scary as hell. And it's not going to weaken their chances because they're going undefeated in the Big Ten Conference. And they're going to play Wisconsin in the Big Ten title game, like I predicted on our week one podcast. And they're going to throttle them. And they will be in the Final Four. So it may hurt other Big Ten's chances, other Big, other Big Ten teams like uh, Michigan State, Michigan, Wisconsin, Penn State, those teams getting into like a New Year's Six game. Because, you know, if we beat each other up and we all just finish 9-3, and 10-2, and two, maybe none of those teams get in. But... I really could care less what the national media says because I think Ohio State is the class of the conference and they're very easily one of the top four teams in the country. And that's not, you can't even argue that. No, it's it's not an argument, especially after watching that TCU game. TCU played well and Ohio State 
answered every punch that they threw and uh, definitely show that they are one of the top teams in the country They're right scary. now. But I guess my question, I guess this is kind of leading down a different path, but how does that affect, you know, let's say a Michigan or a Michigan State? How does it affect their chances of, you know, let's just say Michigan State goes undefeated the rest of the season? Is it an is it enough to get them in the college football playoff with a loss to Arizona State? Is that enough? I mean, with who we play, we don't play Wisconsin, so I don't really give a damn what happens to Wisconsin. I laughed my ass off when BYU beat them last weekend. Um, I mean, I think if Michigan stays strong and Penn State stays strong, uh, and Michigan State stays strong, I mean, we beat if we beat Ohio State and win the conference, and we're what is that twelve and one? It puts us in contention. But if we got left out. I wouldn't be, you know, kicking and screaming because we would deserve to be left out if there were four other teams that played a tougher schedule than we did and didn't lose to a team like Arizona State, then I would say that they are deserving. So I do think, yes, if the perfect storm happens, like you're, you know, hypothetically suggesting, it would affect those other teams. I just don't think it affects Ohio State at this point. I mean, I guess the part that it does hurt is it basically gives the Big Ten teams that are con- are in contention literally zero room for error. Yes, that's accurate. 100%. Wisconsin has no room for error. They can't lose another game even against a, you know, I don't even know who the, say they lose at Michigan and then win the rest of their games and beat Ohio State. I think they're can toast. Can they get in? No, can they get I think in? they're toast. I think they're toast. What do you think? Do you think they can get in still? It depends on what the rest of the conferences do, but I, and I'm worried that Big Ten's going to be left out again this year is what I'm kind of alluding to, especially, you know, Ohio State could easily trip up in one game, and then what happens? Is Ohio State out with one loss? If, if they do lose a game, you're probably going to be looking at the Big Ten being left out. Depending on who they lose to and where they lose it, I think you'd be benef- they'd be beneficial. they'd be beneficial for them to probably lose earlier in the season rather than late in the season for Ohio State. Yeah. But I don't see anybody beating them at this point. I think that's generally the case is you want to have your losses as early as possible. And then but can Wisconsin overcome BYU. That's that's bleh, that's real bad. <laughs> it was not good for them. Not good for the conference whatsoever. So, you know, it's a good thing. I only care about one team in the conference, though, isn't it? It's yeah. nice. Yep. We'll see where their season goes from here on out. So from there, we're going to move on uh, right into our mailbag. And this week, we really got a, a lot of questions from the Spartan fans out there and comments. And uh, we appreciate that. We want you guys to keep it coming every week. So we're going to kick it off. Uh, our first question or comment we have uh, in the mailbag is from Kurt in Berkeley, Michigan. He said, we all know his issues with fumbles and believe his best years are behind him. Will LJ Scott continue to be the starter for the remainder of the season? And actually, he had a, a second part. He said, if so, will Ladarius Jefferson take his job by week six or someone else? That's a great question. I think at this point, from what I've seen from the running game, I don't know what to expect. I would expect it to be whoever has the hot hands going to get the football. So I guess if you're looking for an outright yes or no answer, I'm going to give you no. I don't expect that he'll be the outright starter for the remainder of the season. I think it's going to be running back by committee from this point forward. He's done nothing to show that he deserves to carry the rock 20 to 30 times a game at this point. And, you know, he hasn't fumbled yet, but he there's something I can't really put my finger in. You know, the offensive line obviously hasn't helped his case, but just the way he hits holes and i know you mentioned it on one of the other episodes about him trying to like be patient be Le'Veon bell but he the when he was the best he was hitting those holes much harder than he is now it seems when he was a freshman and, and it's noticeable just he, he just doesn't have there's just something going on that's that's missing 
And, you know, like I like I've been saying, Connor Hayward just looks like a more explosive back. He looks like he can take it to the house. LJ Scott doesn't look like he can take it to the house. And I know the second part of his question was about Ladarius Jefferson. Love that name. Ladarius Jefferson. Yep. Take it to the crib. Awesome name. But, you know, I don't know who's going to be the starter by week six. It's hard to say. And I think I agree with Clark. It's going to be the hot hand. And that's how it's always been when it was, you know, uh, Madre London and, you know, whoever else it was with uh, with LJ going back even with Le'Veon or Javon Ringer, you know, Colcrick, whatever. Yeah, they're, they're going to feed the person that's getting that looks the most explosive and is getting the most yards. That's just how it's going to go. All right. Our next mailbag question is coming all the way from down under from Australia. We got Adam from Australia. He's asking, do you think state has any chance at the Big Ten championship? If so, what needs to happen? All right. I'll start off right away and just start out with a flat out. No, Um, I don't think I've seen anything. I think we're probably still a year away from contending for going back to Indy. Uh, but if you're wondering what needs to happen, we need to win our next two games in blowout fashion and then come out, make a statement against Northwestern to start the Big Ten season and go undefeated in October to have any chance for that to happen. And I be, you know, I just picked Indiana to beat Michigan State. So you kind of know how I feel based on our first two games where I think this, the season is headed. But if it were to happen... What would need to happen? Well, first of all, we need to be, we'd have to have much better play on the offensive and defensive lines, which I've been saying since episode one. Do I think that is going to happen? I don't, I'm just saying, when you see problems continuously going on, especially, you know, first game, second game, and not anything change, how how am I supposed to think that anything's going to change to the third, the fourth, the fifth? These are the same players. So, Unless there's some sort of big improvement, that is where we're going to have to get better. And, you know, hey, maybe we get through these two games, even if we sneak by. And that's the thing. If we would have beat Arizona State, we would be having a completely different conversation. Even though we played like shit, if we played, if we ended up winning that game at the end, we'd be having a different conversation right now. I guarantee that. No doubt. But they lost the game. But if they beat Indiana, if they beat Central, they get Josiah Scott back help solidify the secondary, maybe give some more help to the defensive line. Things could happen. And, you know, maybe our offensive line starts to block better. Maybe we get some more explosive run plays with some, you know, switching some new running backs. Ladarius Jefferson gets in there, has a, has a great year. You know, we can look back to 2013. I know that's not really comparable to this year, really, based on what we've seen. But, you know, they really didn't hit their stride until, you know, whatever game that was, the fourth or fifth game. Iowa. Iowa. It was at Iowa after we got crushed. That We looked terrible against Notre Dame that year. Right. Yeah. So, you know, anything is possible, and we can really hit a groove, and, and, and that's what happened even last year. I think it was after the Indiana game we also hit our groove and yep. started to play a lot better. So, you know, the season's young, but based on the first two games, it's hard to think uh, of anything else. I got a question here coming in from a Twitter feed here. And Twitter mailbag. This one's coming in from Burge from Chicago. He says, first question, why was Gary in Clark's driveway at 5.30 a.m.? Very clever, Burge from Chicago. He's obviously referencing Tom Izzo being in Mark D'Antonio's driveway. Don't have an answer to that. Those two are well above my pay grade. So whatever they discuss, that's between the two of them. Second question, do you think we start to utilize quicker personnel and more importantly, non-starters in the return game? Example, Naylor, Nelson, or anyone not named White and Hayward. Gary? 
I think you have to do I mean specifically in the punt game you want to have someone that can catch the ball that's the first and foremost I don't care if you can run better than the other people if you can't catch the ball I will take someone that is going to secure it not fumble it not turn it over every day of the week that's your Cody White yeah so yeah, I would if I don't know what it's like in practice. I don't know who's making the the best catches or, you know, what they're seeing, but I'm going to play the person number 1 who's going to catch it and number 2 who's going to be the most explosive. Those are the two attributes. So, if those players, if Naylor or Nelson are the ones that can do that, then I'm all for putting those players in. So, I think I think what you were saying and, you know, I think that gives like, you know, you know, credit to Cody White because I think the reason he's back there is because he's the most sure-handed, and I think he's probably the most sure-handed guy other than Felton Davis on the team, but you're not going to put Felton Davis back there. I think it might make sense maybe one or two times a game to try and mix one of those speedy guys in. I would love to see it. Experiment these next two games. Do it against Indiana. Try it against Central Michigan, because during the tougher part of your schedule, I don't want to risk having one of those guys back there if they're going to be a liability. Very true. And with D'Antonio, we've never had really an explosive punt return game. Other or kick. Keyshawn. Keyshawn was the yeah. only player that we ever had that, you know, was a threat to running it back every time. Yeah, and that's that, a good point. Yeah, that's, it's... Yeah, he plays it safe. He plays, he, it, he, he plays it tight. He does. Uh, I mean, that's how Michigan State is. Yeah, is it very conservative. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we got another mailbag question. This one coming from Dean in Wayne, Michigan. Did the loss to Arizona change your outlook? If so, how and why? And am I crazy for being nervous about Indiana? So the first question we kind of addressed and already touched upon in our last episode, how we changed, how it changed our outlook. And clearly it's affected one of our outlooks more than the other. And yes, you should be scared of Indiana as my prediction has already shown. I think it's fair to be scared of Indiana, but then I think you need to realize that we're Michigan state, they're Indiana. We have far superior athletes on our team than they do. We have a much better team than they do. We have better coaches, with the exception of our offensive coordinator, than they do. You shouldn't be scared of Indiana because you should expect to beat Indiana, and we will beat Indiana on Saturday. And our last mailbag question comes from Joe in Colorado, potentially number one Red Cedar Rundown fan out there. Shout out to him, but we're going to start having to put some stipulations on these mailbag questions, that's for sure. Might have to tone them down a little bit, Salt. Might have to tone them down. We might have to put a limit on how many you're able to ask. So this is a a two-part question he gave us. And the first is, how do we not hold a tryout with a student base of over 50,000? And will this affect our fourth down decision-making with Rocky Lombardi as our punter, you know, punting maybe 30 yards and punt? Great questions. I don't know what the rules are for accepting walk-ons in midseason. I have to imagine there's something in place that... uh prohibits that because if I was Mark D'Antonio I'd be turning to the soccer team or anybody that played a high level of soccer coming out of high school and holding open tryouts for that position no doubt so great question Joe but 100% it's going to make a difference in our fourth down decision making Uh, I mean what what kind of skill does this kid have I mean he's punted what once twice already this season didn't look good from what I could see so I mean (laughs) it's I'm not excited about it, and I'm not excited about answering the question because I'm, it's kind of shocking to me that we don't have a place kicker that can't punt better than our backup quarterback. I agree with that. I don't know the the rules and regulations for bringing in walk-ons midseason, but I feel like I've heard of it in other schools, especially with kickers. 
coming in midseason. I, d- I just don't know how that worked. Yeah, because they're not on scholarships. So I mean, yeah. Yeah, anything's possible. But, you know, how will that – the the more uh, the more intriguing part of that question is the second part, which is how will that affect our fourth down decision-making? Because if we're at our own 45-yard line and where it's fourth down, do we punt it? Is it worth it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's, that's the ultimate question, man. Where do you punt it from? Where do you decide that it's okay to punt it from? Where I think it's drastically going to affect us is if we're pinned deep in our zone and we get into a field position game with a team that has a good punter like a Michigan or a Penn State. That could be a reason that you lose a game. Giving up field position when you're pinned deep against great defenses like that. That's Hart Parker was a weapon that we had and losing him is huge. No question about it. Yeah, he was all Big Ten, if I'm not mistaken. He was one of the teams. Yeah, one of the teams. One of the teams. All something. All something. So uh, <laughs> this is uh, this is the last little question that Joe asked, but what does Michigan State need to do to re-up their confidence after the first two games? I think I've already stated it, but I will state it again. They need to re-up their confidence. They need to come out. They need to establish a run game against Indiana. They need to control the clock. They need to kick the piss out of Indiana at the line of scrimmage. They need to take that into the next week and blow out Central Michigan and then couple that with a third win against Northwestern going into the heart of the schedule. That's what they need to do, Joe. And with that, we're going to wrap up our third episode for week three of the Michigan State football season. As I said before, please go out there, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram. You can find our podcast every week on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Alexa, and any other service. And as I said at the beginning of the show, if it's not on there on your favorite podcast app or favorite podcast player, please let us know and we will get it uploaded immediately. Like, subscribe, tell your friends, do it all, and we will keep doing these episodes. But as mentioned in the middle of the show, we are going to be taking a one-week hiatus next week due to the fact that I'm going to Oktoberfest to get drunk so i'm sorry to all all the listeners out there going back to his roots i am part german so it's okay but we will be back after the central game to give you everything you've been looking for when it comes to the red cedar rundown please keep listening please keep subscribing and as always go green go white